How can you deal effectively with the scourge of sin? Here's Pastor Xavier Reese. Psalm 66:18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Sin is always an impediment, an obstacle to God. He who covers his sins, Proverbs 28:13 says, will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. When you get conviction, turn. Don't wait till you're busted. Turn. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. It's my life. It's my only source of relief. Come on, I'm not hurting anyone else. Those are some of the many excuses people make defending their own vices. Well, the simple truth is there's no such thing as private sin. And today, Pastor Xavier takes us back to the book of Joshua as he shares the three consequences of one sin that was done in secret. He begins in chapter 7. Let's listen. The message is entitled, The Sin of Achan. Though it was hidden from all, God saw it clearly. And it's marked by three things. The sin of Achan. First, the defeat of Israel at Ai. Verse 1 through 5. Let me read the first section here. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of uh, Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. So the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. The sin of Achan involved the entire nation of Israel by a trespass. Mark that well. God says this. The charge against Achan, notice in verse 1, was that he took the accursed thing. They were told not to partake of it. They were warned in chapter 6, verse 18. They would become a curse. Look at verse 2 through 5. In verse 2, Joshua sent the men from Jericho to spy out Ai. Um, on the east side of Bethel, they've crossed over the Jordan. They're making their way up to take the land. Now notice in verse 3, the spies uh, returned from their, with their reconnaissance report. And they told Joshua not to bother the people. The people, they are a few. Don't worry about it, Josh. We're okay. Two, three thousand should be enough to attack it. The men of Ai struck down about thirty-six men. They chased them from the gate of the city down to the city of Shabarim. And they killed them on the descent. So, I mean, they, they, it's a pretty steep climb also. Now their adrenaline is flowing. They're going down. They have to suck eggs going up. Now they're just fleeing for their life and thirty-six will get wiped out. By the way, that's the only thirty-six that are ever wiped out in possessing the land. <laughs> they never lost one person in battle. Besides this, verse 6 through 9, you have the desperation of Joshua over the defeat at Ai. But let me read this section, verse 6 down to 15. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell on the earth to the earth with his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear and surround us and cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? For the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have taken, even taken some of the accursed thing, 
and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies, because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore, unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourself for tomorrow, because thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before the enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. The despair and divine rebuke of Joshua. Notice the first here, verse 6 through 9. The desperation of Joshua over the defeat at Ai. In verse 6, you have the despair of Joshua. Joshua rose, tore his clothes, a sign of mourning and grief and bereavement, as you know, in the Old Testament. Joshua has been around for 40 years with Moses. Joshua knew that sin is the only thing that causes God to remove his favor. Notice Joshua fell to the earth, verse 6 there, on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening to hear from God. But the time to seek God was a bit late, wasn't it? He should have sought the Lord before they went to Ai, right? Lord, do you want me to go up? David said that all the time. Lord, do you want me to go up? No, no, don't go up. Yeah, yeah, go up. Each time you have to seek God. Lord, do you want me to go here? Do you want me to go there? Lord, should I buy this? Should I not do that? Every time. Look at verse 7. The direct accusation of God by Joshua. This is amazing. Joshua blames God for the failure of Ai. Listen. Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? <laughs> He's questioning God. And then decisively, he holds God responsible for the death of the men. And Joshua then kind of reprimands God by saying, What will you do for your great name? As if to say, and allow me this liberty, Joshua speaking, I'm attempting to be the best field general I can be, Yahweh. But you aren't making things easy for me. I'm trying to uphold your name and honor. But what are you going to do now since you've got us into this mess? He is not looking good. Look at verse 10 through 15. We have the divine rebuke of Joshua for his complaint about the defeat at Ai. The Lord says to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? He's rejecting his complaint and he's rejecting his accusations. Very, very clear. The nation had sinned. Joshua should have been looking for the sin in the people instead of trying to find fault with God. They had taken some of the accursed thing. Things that were devoted to God was not theirs. Then they had stolen them from Yahweh. They were his. Then they had deceived themselves and the people. And then they had placed these things among their own stuff. Now certainly he's talking about Achan and his family. But he looks at the nation completely. It's in detail here. This was the very reason for the children of Israel that they could not stand before their enemies. God says at the beginning of verse 12. This is why. Notice in verse 13. Joshua as a leader was told to get up and sanctify the people. Set them apart. And he was also to tell them that they could not stand before their enemies. Notice that. Until they took away the accursed thing. In verse 14, 
Joshua was to bring the people according to their tribes and God would choose the tribe who sinned and then the families and then God would choose the family who sinned and then from the families a household and he would choose a household to sin and then the household and he would choose the man who sinned. Why is this important? The reasoning behind all this. Why the, the long drawn out procedure? Because it magnifies God's love and mercy and willingness to forgive. Every time when it, the first step it took to bring the tribe Achan knew he was guilty. It was a chance for him to repent. To say, okay, 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 let's not go further. I'm the one. He didn't. Then it came to the family. He could have done it. He didn't. Then the household. He didn't. Then he got busted. God will give you and me every opportunity. But don't push it. <laughs> now how the, God, the mind of God was known, we're not sure. It could be the Urim and the Thummim, which was the Old Testament concept of um, the Old Testament pouch of the priest. We believe it's a white and a black rock, which the mind of God was known. We're not sure. The, the words mean lights and perfection. It certainly could have been by lots, as the Proverbs speaks about it. Proverbs 16.33 says, A lot is cast in his, into the lap, but the whole disposing, therefore, is of the Lord. And we know that lots were cast for the land and lots were cast. They fell on Jonah and different things. And that's the way they chose. So whichever way, God is the one that's revealing it. One way or the other. Now, notice in verse 15, the indicated judgment is given. The one who sinned by taking the accursed thing shall be burned with fire. The person in all he possesses will be burned with fire. Okay? It says, he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord. It means to cross over a willful disobedience, knowing the prohibition. And then secondly, he has done, listen, a disgraceful thing in Israel. And he involved everybody else. God will always do what is good and perfect, which is absolutely perfect, not what will please me. The problem is we want God to please us, and we want it our way. Whenever God acts, He acts absolutely to perfection. And I need to seek the Lord why rather than accuse God. There are many people who blame God for many things when in fact they have brought those things on themselves. Some people blame God for the bad marriages they have when in fact they have disobeyed God and become unequally yoked. And they want to blame God for everything. No, you have done it. You've brought it upon yourself. You disobey God. At other times, people blame God for their financial conditions. Yet often it is due to not managing their money properly. Not living in contentment. You see, the consequence of sowing and reaping on the natural basis comes and goes. You understand? Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Sowing and reaping. To the flesh, corruption. To the spirit, everlasting life. But on the natural plane, it works the same, right? Sin is always an impediment to God. Remember that. Sin is always an impediment, an obstacle to God. He who covers his sins, Proverbs 28, 13 says, will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. When you get conviction, turn. Don't wait till you're busted. Turn. Psalm 66, 18 says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2. Behold the Lord's hands 
is not shortened that he cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. You want some more scriptures like that? God means what he says. Sin will absolutely separate me from God. Unless it's resolved. God has his own ways of exposing people. And dealing with them by the way. Sometimes God will just turn a person over to their sin and their lifestyle. And they're destroyed. Like Samson through Delilah. In Judges 16. At other times God exposed a person like David. Directly or indirectly. Nathan was sent. 2 Samuel 12. David, you are the man. Now you're humbled. Now you're exposed. This was a despair and divine rebuke of Joshua. Joshua flunked. Notice thirdly here, verse 16 through 26. The drastic measures of executing Achan are taken. Let me read. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and their tribes of Judah was taken. And he brought the clan of Judah, and he took the families of Sarahites, and he brought the family of Sarahites and the man and Zebdi was taken, and he was brought the household of man of Achan, and the son of Carmine, the son of Zabdi, and the son of Zerah, and the, son, the tribe of Judah was taken. Now Joshua said to Achan, now listen well, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel, and make confession to him, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, but this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold, uh, weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. There they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent and there it was, hidden in the tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedges of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkey, his sheep, his ten, and all that he had. And they brought them to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. So all Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of the place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Notice first in verse 16 through 18, the implementation of God's instructions. Joshua rose early in the morning, verse 16, brought him by the tribes, Judah. Then in verse 17, brought the clan of Judah, the family of Sarahites. Verse 17 still, the Sarahites, then Zebedee was taken. And then in verse 18, as he brought the household man by man, Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zebedee, and Zerah, the tribe of Judah, was taken. Every opportunity for Achan to repent was ignored. Don't miss that. God will be merciful to you and I. God will be patient with you and I. But once that line is crossed, it is crossed. And the sin becomes greater because given an opportunity to do so. 
Look at verse 19 to 21. The inquiry and confession of Achan. It's important. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you. Though the crime has been committed, there's a tender compassion. Not a self-righteousness. Very important. He instructed Achan to honor God. How? Listen. Achan was to give glory to the Lord God of Israel by making confession. Achan was to be honest in his confession. Notice that. By telling Joshua what he had done and not to hide it from him. In other words, okay, you're busted. Let's not make stories up. Because you know people, criminals have been like that. They confess, yes, but they don't give the right story. It takes five, six, seven interrogations to get to the story, okay? That's sin nature. Notice verse 20 and 21, the incriminating confession of Achan regarding his sin. Achan answers Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. But a little too late. He's busted. Achan gave witness to what he did. Listen to him. He describes the lust of the eye. When I saw among the spoils of the beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels. Boy, that boy knew it to the detail. I coveted them and took them. These are the three steps that all take regarding sin. First John 2.16 The lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, the pride of life. Notice he declared where he had hidden them. And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent, in the silver under it. He had broken the commandment, Thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not worship anything else above God. The procurement of the items were taken from the tent, brought to Joshua before all the children of Israel, and they were laid before the Lord. The witness of God was sufficient. The witness of Achan was incriminating, and the witness of the evidence verified his guilt. So notice the impressionable execution of Achan in verse 24 through 26. Verse 24, the procession to the execution. Joshua and all the Israel with him took Achan, as the son of Zerah, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, daughters, oxen, donkey, sheep, tent. They brought him to the valley of Achor, verse 24. Some object to the ex execution of his sons, daughters, and all that he had, but they had to be party with him. Ezekiel tells us very clearly, Ezekiel 3 and Ezekiel 18, that God does not punish the children for the parents or the parents for the children. Each person pays for their own sin. So whenever God brings judgment like this, we know that God has all the facts. They were party to it. And they never repented. They never exposed Him. There is guilty. The thing's coveted. Everything is burnt. So he didn't keep what he got, what he wanted, and he lost what he had. Hmm. Achan himself is executed. Matthew sixteen twenty six says, "For what profit is a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul?" Notice the proclamation before the execution, verse twenty five. Joshua charged Achan with this crime. Why have you troubled us? And Joshua declares the verdict of the Lord. The Lord will trouble you this day. Not them, the Lord. 
And then Joshua witnessed the execution of Achan by the people. All Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned him with fire after they had stoned him with stones. Some will say, well, you know, this is too severe and too harsh. Really, let's examine the crime. And the one who sinned Achan and his family, they already knew it before the people went out to Ai. And when they came back that 36 men had died, they could have repented. Or they could have said it before, no, don't go up, don't go up, let me, I got this, let me confess. And you know what? God would have said, okay, I'm sure God would have forgiven, that was it, maybe. But he didn't. As Joshua was before the Lord, Achan could have come and said, but he didn't. It was not an opportunity to repent. And he kept opportunity after opportunity, grieving it. There's nothing else that can be done. He is confessing at this point because he got caught. He was sorry for the consequences. That's the problem. The perception after the execution is very important. It's the last verse, verse 26. They raised a memorial. They raised over him a great heap of stones to remind all what sin does to a family and a nation. Don't miss it. When one forgets to take heed to the memorials of the crossing of the Jordan to reckon the old man dead and walk by faith, when one forgets to take heed to the memorial of cutting off of the flesh life at Gilgal through circumcision, one will end up like Achan. Remember the memorials of reckoning the old man dead, living by faith, and cutting off the flesh life. If you don't, you'll end up here. The memorials there to that day that a book was written. Why? To remind that generation and the future generation. What is this, Dad? Oh, this is where Achan got us in trouble. Hmm. The Lord will once again for Israel now. The Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger, impressing their minds and hearts that sin brings God's wrath and judgment without exception. Instructing them to confess their sins before it's too late. Imploring them to understand that sin removes the place of a person away from the fellowship of God. They named the location according to the tragic event. They named the place the Valley of Achor to this day, which means trouble. It's a play on words that you can't miss. The name Achan means troubler. You know, the removal of a limb is a real extreme surgery. And when there's cancer, that has to be done. If not, the person dies altogether. And that's what sin is. It's a cancer. The most important thing, when there's discipline in the church, between the church and people, or between people and people, is that you do it biblically. Matthew 18. From Matthew 18, verse 15 through 17, you go by one, you go by twos, you go by threes, and then you go by the elders. That's the procedure. Everybody. No exceptions. It's to be done for restoration, not simply castigation. Sin is not to be swept on the carpet. You hold each other accountable. This was the drastic measure of the execution of Achan. The sin of Achan is marked very clearly by the defeat of Israel at Ai. The despair and divine rebuke of Joshua and the drastic measure of the execution of Macon. Listen, sin kills. 
every time. Kills fellowship, relationships, and people. May God have mercy on each of us as we obey. Pastor Xavier Reese with simple truths and wise counsel on the dangers of sin. And you can request a copy of today's important study called The Sin of Achan. It's available on CD for just $4. And this will also contain everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. The title to ask for once again is The Sin of Achan. Or simply mention today's date when you write Simple Truths. 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for telling us the call letters of this station when you contact us. Well, next time we're together, Pastor Xavier Reese shares some straight talk about the deceitfulness of sin. Join us then right here for more Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com